I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If, uh, like, from some of the other takes, I don't know how well it would together because sometimes I said something better than the Yeah, I'll figure it out again. Welcome in Titan fans. This is the third episode of the Titans Film Room podcast. We're going to be covering some of the hot topics that happened recently since the Eagles game. We're going to be touching on some of that Eagles game as well. We're going to have our little award show. Stay tuned for that. And do the Titans have a quarterback controversy? Uh, spoiler alert, no. So uh, kick back, whatever you're doing, turn us up, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Titans Film Room at South Texas Titan. Go to musiccitymiracles.com where all of our articles come out and subscribe to the podcast feed so you can get our show as well as MCM Radio. All right, you ready to start, James? I'm ready to start. <laughs> That's going to do it. The Titans come to Philadelphia and win the preseason opener in 2019. Final score, Tennessee 27, Philadelphia 10. As here in the preseason, here in Philadelphia, the Titans get it done again. That's right. The Titans get it done in week number one. Welcome into the Titans Film Room podcast. If you are listening on Monday morning, we got all the headlines from the weekend coming for you. But first, James, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And a Titans win matters to me. Whether it matters to the NFL or not is irrelevant. We will get into the game in a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about some things that have happened over the weekend. Welcome in if you're listening on Monday morning. So Jarrell Casey on Saturday was removed from the PUP list and placed on the active roster, which is excellent to see. We talked about that a little bit last week when we might expect him back. So it's good to see him out there again uh, before the Patriots come to town. DeAndre Walker, the rookie, fifth round draft pick, unfortunately was moved to the injured reserve list. Not really clear what his injury was, but we probably won't see him this year unless they decide to bring him back, but I don't know if he's going to be the guy they they use that on, so I doubt that'll happen. Uh, A.J. Brown returned to practice today. I was pretty excited about that. Um, I know he was held out of team activities, but it was good to see him on the field again um, versus just on the jugs machine. Yeah. <clears throat> to make room for Casey, a few guys were released. Um, Riley Bulla, unfortunately, sadly, was injured in the game, along with Cody Conway, an offensive lineman. Those guys were released along with defensive back Jalen Tolliver. 
But on a good note, we filled those spots with some new guys. We have a defensive end, Eric Cotton, running back Akeem Hunt from the uh, AAF Apollos, linebacker um, Yukeme Iligwe, and nice. wide receiver D'Angelo Yancey, who had a great catch today from Logan Woodside. Yesterday, yes. <laughs> Yesterday, yeah. So we'll talk about the practices that have happened since the game after our break, but we're first going to talk about the game itself, starting with our um, our little awards that we're going to give out from our podcast, which these are the most coveted podcast awards, I think. Don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, everybody looks forward to these and um, something they can put on their shelves. What, what are the awards? So we have Play of the Game. Play of the Game. We're going to be... So we have two different awards. We have the Atlas Award and we have the Zeus Award. Now, I took these from the Greek mythos to kind of fit in with the Titans lore. Atlas was known for carrying the world upon his shoulders. Uh, It was his punishment after the Titans had lost to the Olympians. So his job was to hold up the, the world. And so I thought someone who held us up the entire game or put the team on his shoulders uh, should be given the Atlas Award, even though it's not really punishment. Um, Then we have Zeus. Um, He was an Olympian, and he was known for defeating the Titans. He was also known for banging anything with a pulse and messing things up for the Titans and just about anybody he didn't like. So the person who didn't do as well in in the game and was kind of a hindrance gets the zeus award so if you fuck up (laughs) goddamn right um so you don't want the zeus award to be clear that's a bad thing yes zeus sucks come on we're titans (laughs) i feel like zeus has like a good reputation we're gonna take that down a notch because he fucked he fucked the titans over he locked them away in tartarus all right (laughs) let's get to our play of the game Play of the game. Tannehill fired toward the end zone. There's a man. He's got it. Berkser. Touchdown. Titans. Anthony Berkser. And the Titans have taken a 14 to 10 lead over the Eagles. So, Justin, why was that the play of the game? I decided to make that play of the game um, after consulting with you, right? We decided that was a team decision. <laughs> we d- we did, we did. And I agreed with you, but I'd like to hear your explanation for it. Because I thought that that was an interesting turning point because right after the Eagles had scored, um, they responded to the Titans first touchdown to take a 10, six lead by throwing a 75 yard touchdown of their own over Dory Jackson, which we'll talk about. And Rather than panic after a three and out and after getting the ball back, the Titans with Ryan Tannehill in the game marched down the field and they were able to score this touchdown to Anthony Ferkser uh, and then convert a two point conversion and take a 14 to 10 lead, which was pretty important to the momentum of the meaningless game that I that I thought it was worthy of play of the game. I agree. It was also a nice pass, well blocked, well run and well executed. Should we move on to the Atlas Award? Yes, please. I'm excited. Definition. Put the team on my back. One's will to carry the team and not let any obstacle come in between. A desire that you must achieve. It's coming. Picked up. Woodside goes deep right side. There's Hollister. Caught it. Did he get him down? Yes, sir. 
Cody Hollister. Touchdown, tight. Woodside throws the fade, left side going for McAvoy. Touchdown, Titans! Really, that was really a nice fade stop throw. I mean, that was that was outstanding. He had some pressure. He put it up there where his big long receiver could could make a combat catch, body shield the defender out of there. That was very very well executed. I'm impressed. The Atlas Award winner, of course, Logan Woodside. Logan Woodside, former San Antonio Commander quarterback. Uh, I enjoyed watching him for, what, five to six weeks that the AAF was actually in existence. Um, 15 of 20, 138 yards, two touchdowns, and 126.7 passer rating. Do the Titans have a quarterback controversy on their hands? Absolutely they do. And that controversy is, are they keeping three quarterbacks? I think they do. I mean, what, you can't put Logan Woodside on the practice squad, so... And given Mariota's history, while I want him to be the starter, we may need that extra quarterback, and Logan Woodside might not be the worst option out there. The thing is, he has put on tape a lot of good stuff from the AAF, and now he had a good preseason week one. He's going to get a lot of playing time throughout the preseason, especially in week four. If he has another good game, the Titans try to keep him on the practice squad. I don't think it. he... I mean, if Luke Falk is getting claimed... Logan Woodside is definitely getting claimed. <laughs> yeah, I can see some teams really snatching him up. Um, I think it's worth keeping three. So I think he did put the team on his back uh, in terms of making the preseason watchable. Thank you, Logan Woodside. I appreciate applause. that. Applause. Lots of applause. Multiple applause. Let's get to the Zeus Award, which, of course, as we said, is not something you want to win. And I don't think that there's going to be any controversy over who this is being awarded to. Looking deep, throwing deep. There's Taylor in the end zone. He dropped it. He had his man beat Hawkins, and Hawkins did enough to throw off his vision to where Taewon could not haul it in. My God, what a game for Taewon Taylor. We'll have plenty of positive things to say about Taewon Taylor after our commercial break. But right now, we're going to talk about not some, some not-so-positive things, which are that he has got to get his focus together and <laughs> perform in the games when the lights are on, when the cameras are rolling, or else his roster spot may be in jeopardy. I think at this point, he's got the yips. Yeah. And maybe he's already cured, based on what we're hearing coming out of practice. We'll talk about that. But, I mean, we got to see him do it in the game too even if it's a meaningless preseason game you the you can't be catching the ball on a two-minute drill on third down at the sideline catch it look down as you're floating towards the sideline and reach your foot as if you're actually trying to touch out of bounds rather than inbounds which is what he did on that one non-catch in addition to the two big drops it was just a low light of a night Taewon Taylor. Agreed. Uh, you even saw some of the lower end on the depth chart wide receivers keeping their feet in or at least attempting to keep their feet in. Um, right. But Taewon's got to do something. I mean, how long are you going to give him? Because he's probably going to be on the roster. You know, we're going to see him in the regular season. How many games do you need to see from him if you're going to keep him for a fourth year? 
I think that what it comes down to is that he just can't play on third down. He will not be able to be in the game on third down in the regular season because he is so unreliable. His potential to make a big play is so much there that he'll still he still deserves to get some snaps on first and second down because of his ability to take the top off the defense and at least threaten even if he doesn't catch it like even even though he didn't catch that touchdown that threat is still like the defense is wiping their brow wow we got away with one after a play like that it's still the threat there so he just isn't reliable enough to play on third down but i think that he's definitely going to be on the roster this year unless he has three more completely disastrous games like he did on on thursday well only time will tell let's talk about some of our top takeaways from that game the number one thing that i am taking away from that game um is that the titans roster is very deep especially in places that are going to matter for the preseason like on the offensive line on the defensive secondary and at the wide receiver position and obviously the third string quarterback. And I think the Titans may look really good this preseason because when their scrubs are playing against the other team's scrubs, the Titans scrubs are, there's a lot of guys that if they had to step up and be a starter for a few weeks, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I really um, want to give some credit to John Robinson for actually building this roster along with Mike Brable, but I don't know. It seems like these past few years, our roster depth has been really good. I mean, unless you get those freak injuries um, where you lose a really good starter. So, yeah, my number two takeaway was Art Smith had a great night calling plays. I thought the balance of run to pass, even though it was pretty pass heavy, actually um, was great. He was aggressive attacking the defense with lots of trying to take shots and running the ball from 11 personnel and spreading out the defense in addition to running a few plays that weren't spread out, but it was a good mix and match. I thought he had a good rhythm going. Um, The Titans were pretty good on third down. They converted 11 of 19 third downs. They absolutely dominated the Eagles in time of possession. So the offense really just controlled the ball in this game. They ended up winning time of possession 37-51, basically 38 minutes to 22 minutes of the Eagles. The Eagles, on the other hand, were one for 10 on third down, which speaks to the depth on the defense as well. But we'll talk more about that when we get into our, our film review. But Art Smith, what did you think? Uh, he had me excited the whole game. Um, he was aggressive, that play action that he was using, um, even with the run game kind of struggling, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But just watching him kind of control that offense and keep it at a reasonable tempo. Um, very exciting, very different from what we've seen the past few years. I feel like what we saw last night was what we were going to see from LaFleur, and we really didn't get that. So I'm pretty excited. I'm going to have to see a few more games and see what he has up his sleeve. And, you know, it's it's going to be exciting, Titans fans. So be ready. And like you said, it's early because this isn't a, a schemed thing, and obviously they're keeping it vanilla. But they also didn't keep – I mean, they're keeping it vanilla for sure, but they ran some stuff that – are going to be concepts that this offense is running in the season. There wasn't any scheming for the Eagles defense in particular, but the uh, touchdown pass to Ferkser was a really nice design. The play to Khalif Raymond that got them down to the one yard line was really nice. He had it off the play action, fake to the right with Raymond leaking out to the left and getting that misdirection going. And after running the ball to the right like that, so he had 
was doing it in this preseason game, doing a thing where he set up a play so he could use misdirection by showing that thing and then going and doing something else off of it later in the game, even in a preseason game. I want to talk about his pass to run ratio, which is was very interesting to me. He called 24 pass plays to 12 run plays on the first five drives, which is Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill's playing time. So with the, the first and second teams, twice as many pass plays as run plays. That is really refreshing. Um, <laughs> speaking of that one-yard line drive, did you notice anything about that play? The one-yard line drive, so you're talking about the touchdown pass to Michael Pruitt right? after Khalif Raymond got them down to the one-yard line. Right. So yes. one-yard line pass. First and goal from the one. Pass play. Somewhere out there, Terry Rubisky is yelling, what are you doing? <laughs> but he's the only one. Um, that's something yeah. that makes me really excited. Um, then again, we didn't have Derrick Henry, so there's, you know, that could change. But from the shotgun, by the way, first and goal from the one, let's go shotgun. Another thing that was really interesting to me about the offense was the way that they were running. They weren't really running a tempo, but they were coming, getting out of the huddle quickly. And there was multiple times with Tannehill out there that they snapped the ball with 15 seconds or more to go on the play clock. Like they broke the huddle, came up to the line and snapped it. And it was pretty interesting to see that being used as a tactic against the defense. And Mike Vrabel spoke about how they can use tempo to keep a defense um, off off guard and try to catch defenses. It also keeps them from uh, switching out that defensive line. Um, yeah, from substituting. Yeah, I know um, the Eagles especially have a really good defensive line um, and especially depth. So, And speaking of depth, our depth wide receivers were had a really good night too, especially Khalif Raymond and Cody Hollister. And Tanner McAvoy had a really nice touchdown catch as well, the former quarterback. Um, college quarterback. So it's interesting to see that these guys are out there making plays. I think it really puts pressure on guys like Tajay Sharp and Taewon Taylor, especially. Tajay Sharp seems pretty secure, if you, especially if you look at the snap counts in yeah. this game. He played with the first team offense, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. You were talking earlier about how taking Taewon off on third down, Tajay's probably going to be in that slot role, or, or even Adam, because I'd like to see Adam, Tajay, and Corey, and Delaney as well. And, and AJ Brown, AJ Brown, who we still have yet to see, but I'm pretty, I'm still really excited for AJ Brown. I definitely think to start the season, it'll be Tajay as your third receiver. But as we move through like week four, five, six, that's when AJ Brown's going to be working in more and more. And I think by the time we get to week eight, week nine, Tajay is going to be relegated to that like rotational spelling guys who are tired type of role. And hopefully one of these death receivers can do enough to make the roster. I really like Khalif Raymond, but it's really tough to keep a guy like that. Um, Don't do it, man. He's going to beat out, he's gonna have to beat out Darius Jennings. I think it's pretty much one-on-one Khalif Raymond versus Darius Jennings. And right now, Darius Jennings has the experience, but Khalif Raymond is showing more potential as a playmaker. He's really ha- He really has some burst when he gets the ball in his hands. So I'm really hoping he makes the roster. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more uh, about film review on what, tomorrow's podcast? Yep. So Tuesday, look for the film review podcast. And then when we come back from this break, we will talk about the training camp practices that have happened since the game concluded on Thursday.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But it does do a really nice job of tracking the speed. And so we're always mindful of the, when the yardage gets higher at those higher speeds for that position that that's kind of what we're, we're concentrating on but we just you know we have to do our best to use technology to to help the player and, and to help the way we structure practice all right mike brabel talking about the way that they track their athletes workloads in practice using their speed and how much distance they've traveled and pretty interesting stuff we'll talk about that Speaking of the most recent practices, um, as we mentioned before, A.J. Brown finally returned. And like you said before, he didn't do any team stuff yet, but I imagine that will be coming soon. Corey Davis was working off on a side field with A.J. Brown today. And Delaney Walker did not practice at all. And Corey Davis and A.J. Brown went inside when the team period started. Derek Henry was finally out there actually doing something, although he was just working on a side field. That's the most he's done aside from catch passes from the jugs machine after practice one day since he stopped doing training camp. So that maintenance day stuff is really interesting to me. What do you think of Mike Brable talking about it there? Um, I think it's pretty good. I think you're going to see more maintenance days as the NFL starts to increase the games that count. And I think that's going to be very important for player health going forward. Um, I mean, I really hate comparing the NBA to the NFL, but thinking about the Spurs and Greg Popovich, um, the way he was managing Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili later in their older years to keep them fresh and healthy. Um, with the NFL, you have a lot more wear and tear and maintenance days are really important, especially for guys like Delaney Walker. And as Corey Davis gets older, um, but honestly, I mean, if they're going to be doing these new technologies, I want some bionic hamstrings installed on some of these newer Titan wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, Khalif Raymond had a brief scare yesterday in yesterday's practice where he, where people thought he might have hurt his hamstring, but then he was right back on the field. So I think he's okay. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, I think it's important. Corey Davis, I don't know if it has to do with his age so much as just like the force he's exerting and their maintenance stuff worked really well last year kept Corey davis on the field for 16 games last season so whatever they have to do whatever they think is is going to help these guys stay healthy i think is worth sacrificing a few practice days and mike Vrabel talked about the last couple days practices um saturday and sunday practices anyway being kind of like these are kind of slogs of practice days because they're in between a Thursday game and a Saturday game. So the, the week for the football team is a little bit longer than it typically is. Yep. And these two practices are sort of before the Patriots come to town. So they're kind of like warm up, gearing up practices for these, these Patriots practices. So I think that those, these are the types of days. That's why you're seeing maintenance days for Delaney Walker. It was 104, I think degrees outside in Nashville yesterday during practice. So that's why you're seeing these days being used for for maintenance and then 
when the Patriots get to town, they'll try to work some more of these first team guys out there on the field with them. Okay, kind of a side note. Over or under three fights when, because we're having joint practices with the Patriots, correct? Yep. Over or under three fights? I say under, way under. Both of these teams have coaches who believe in discipline and who don't believe in fighting during practice and who kick people out of practice for fighting. So I don't think you're going to see more than one. I mean, one is maybe. I would put the over under at 0. 0.5. <laughs> I, I agree. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. Do you think one or zero? Because I would guess zero, honestly. I think sometimes you can you get those intensive players. Um, I mean, I, I can't say it from any of the bottom chart guys because probably they don't want to get cut. But uh, Luan's a feisty guy, you know. Yeah, but he's also he knows he's in he's in some shit right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I think he'll be... Yeah, yeah. How many how many snaps did he play in the preseason? That's a great question. He actually played 33 snaps, which was 37% of the Titans snaps. None with the first team offense, who only played 10 snaps. But anyway, Taewon Taylor has apparently bounced back. What do you make of this? Are you are you buying back in on Taewon stock or what? Sell. Sell, sell, sell. I am selling. Um, until he gives me any kind of consistency on the field, I am not buying anything they're saying in practice. Like Alan Iverson said, man, we're talking about practice. I mean, he's hitting the jugs machine, which is something we haven't seen before. So that's good that he cares. But where was this two years ago? I mean, what are you saying? Too little, too late? I think it is. And unless he can get rid of these like yips, um, I mean, until I actually see anything, I'm not buying any Taiwan stock. All right. I disagree. I think he was at, Mike Frabel was asked about Taiwan and he said he's been looking much more focused through these last two days of training camp, which is like, I get the whole argument about like, if this is what you needed, then you never really wanted it enough in the first place. Or some people may feel that way or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I think that some guys just need hit the reset button. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to how we got to what got us here in the first place. Let's get back to the guy who led Western Kentucky in all time receiving yardage in a single season and in a career. And let's see if, uh, he can put it back together because he actually had a one of the strengths of his coming out of college was his contested catch percentage. And it's incredible to me that he's become such a body catcher. But if you look at the videos that the Titans are releasing, the propaganda videos from practice, Taewon made, uh, he went up over, I think it was Malcolm Butler with two hands extended away from his body, snatched the ball out of the air. Got two feet down in bounds. It was like a night. It was a great looking play by a guy that looks like the athlete that we know Taylor Taylor can be. So if he can get his ball skills back on track, that's really the only thing that that we're worried about is. And that's what I'm saying about how I still don't think that he's a third down player, but he's going to be a guy that you can put out there on first or second down and he's going to be making big plays at, at any point during the season. I am still. Very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not bullish, bearish. There's a bear. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just pessimistic about it until I actually see any kind of consistency. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait. So, so Paul Kaharski is reporting that the red zone offense has been struggling, which means that the red zone defense is excelling. Are you concerned at all about the red zone offense based on these reports out of trading camp? Not at all. 
Um, weren't we one of the leading defenses in red score, red zone last year? We had the top red zone scoring defense percentage-wise last season, but the thing is that stat has proven over and over again to not be a carryover stat from year to year. More of a fluky thing because of such a small sample size. Maybe the Titans are the exception to this rule. I'm hesitating to buy it. I tend to think that the struggles may be due more to the fact that Derrick Henry is not out there. And Derrick Henry is a red zone beast. He's one of the reasons that Marcus Mariota only had 11 touchdown passes last year is because when they got down into the red zone, they gave it to Derrick Henry, who scored 12 of his own touchdowns. So true. he's the kind of engine that can make a red zone offense run and help open the passing game up. And it seems like the passing game has kind of struggled in the red zone. Now, the Titans do have great defensive backs. I mean, the secondary has got to be up there with the best in the NFL, if you include a trio of cornerbacks and the two safeties. So, I mean, I can understand why the offense is struggling, but... Weren't Delaney and Corey Davis also absent? Yeah, for the past two practice days, they've been missing key weapons. So, So, Until I see the full offense on the field, then I'll start to worry. I think people are kind of panicking, though, because of there's so much at stake for Mariota this season. People are looking for every sign that they can about whether or not this season will work out or not work out just because of the time of year it is. And we have we don't really know yet. And we are all desperate to know. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. Unless Marcus Mariota is injured, we are not going to see Ryan Tannehill starting. Get that out of your mind right now. It is a contract year for Marcus Mariota. And we are riding this ship into the ground. And unless he's injured, we are riding it for 16 games. And until I see at least eight games, I'm not going to make any kind of judgment on what he's doing right now. So just putting that out there. I'm with you. Titans will be practicing against the Patriots this week. We'll be back tomorrow to dive into the film from what we saw um, on the tape from Thursday's game. And then we'll be back again on Wednesday morning. So stay tuned. We got a lot of of content coming to you this week. Follow James on Twitter at South Texas Titan. Follow me on Twitter at Titans Film Room. We're also on Instagram. Be sure to check out MusicCityMiracles.com. Subscribe to our podcast feed where where you'll also get Jimmy and Terry's show, MCM Radio. We'll be coming to you from that same feed. Be sure to give us a five-star rating leave a little comment subscribe to the channel check us out on youtube titans film room check us out everywhere and anywhere i don't have the song so pretend like the song started and we're talking over it (laughs) give us some love please thanks for listening we really appreciate listeners listeners are our number one goal so if you could tell other people to listen we would appreciate that too but we really appreciate you thank you we love you we love the people Film review is going to be dope, too. Trust me. We're going to get into the film review. It's going to be be dope. Let's do this.